Hey, just a heads up that the following content may be disturbing or triggering for some listeners and is not appropriate for children. Please take care of yourself and others who may be listening with you. Welcome to the Bonus Babies Podcast, a show that has no easy answers, only hard questions. All the thing I know is that some lady kept coming. She, I would never remember. She drove a red car. She had, uh, she used to always wear these like black shoes. And she used to come to the door a lot. And uh, she used to come to the door, my mother used to say, uh, tell her I'm in the shower. Or, you know, that was, oh uh, yeah, don't answer the door. Half the time it was like, no, no, don't answer the door. But we didn't think nothing of it. We thought like my mother didn't want to be bothered. And then one day after school, we came home because we used to walk home from school. And she was standing there with the lady, my grandmother, and she, she was crying. She was like, oh, well, y'all, y'all got to have to go with your grandmother for a little while. But, you know, I'll get y'all back. And so we went with my grandmother. But we was able to see her every day. So even though we wasn't living with her in the household, her presence was very strong because she was there every day. Can you tell me what you call the kids who you've cared for over the years? We feel that the children that we receive coming into our home are bonuses. So we call them bonus babies. I love that. This is your host, Jane Amelia Larson, and I'm Akasa, a court-appointed special advocate volunteer for youth in foster care. Yeah, I know, it's a mouthful. In the same way Akasa works, I explore all things in the foster care maze by talking to kids, parents, caregivers, attorneys, social workers, therapists, really anybody and everybody who will speak to me to keep the conversation open and the information flowing about all things CASA. Hi, everybody. This is Jake Eberly, the producer of the Bonus Babies podcast. And today, Jane speaks with Kanisha Allison. Now, Jane and I have been talking a lot about what causes the break in families and the importance of community and the community of family. It's really the smallest community, and that's where the roots of our health come from, the roots of our mental health and our physical health, but also our emotional health. And this next episode is kind of proof of the pudding. Kanisha took in her nephew, and he thrived because of it, because he was still within the family. And the same goes for when she was taken out of her mom's house when she was a little girl, and she went to her grandmother's house. So she was still surrounded by family and community and people who loved her. And there was a great, uh, a huge support group there for them. Something we'd all, we all need to think about, the importance of family. Not necessarily in a traditional sense, but just about that community. So enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm here with Kenesha Allison. Hi, Kenesha. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and uh, again, thanks for rescheduling. There was a really bad windstorm last night, and it was crazy. It was like the Wi-Fi was gone, the trees were swaying, screens were blowing, and it was like that where you are too, right? Yes. It, it, the trees, as a matter of fact, it's a tree outside, outside my bedroom window. And it was hitting the 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 window all night. All night long? That's kind of spooky, right? Yeah. Wow, strange. Okay. All right, so tell me a little bit about yourself. You were raised here in L.A., right? Yes, born and raised in L.A. Um, I ha- At the time, well, I have three brothers and three sisters, so it's seven of us all together. Mm-hmm, right. And I'm the third oldest. 
You're the third oldest. And if I recall you saying you're the responsible one, right? Well, yeah. Well, back then when it was just... It's a few of us that's responsible. It's just my older sister that's not. It's just your, your eldest, I see. Yeah. And uh, so you have, there There were a bunch of siblings from different dads, right? Yeah, but not but five, because I seen on the thing that. Oh, yeah, so I didn't get that right. But you all lived together with your mom pretty much when you were little? Yes, until we were taken and um, given to our grandmother. All right, and so what What? What happened? What was the circumstances? Uh, I vaguely remember all the thing I know is that some lady kept coming. She, I would never remember. She drove a, a red car. She had, uh, she used to always wear these like black shoes and she used to come to the door a lot. And then uh, when she used to come to the door, my mother used to say, uh, tell them I'm in the shower or, you know. Yeah, I'm not here. That was, don't answer uh, the door. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. answer the door. Half the time it was like, no, no, don't answer the door. But we didn't think nothing of it. We thought like my mother didn't want to be bothered. And then one day after school, we came home because we used to walk home from school and she was standing there with the lady, my grandmother, and she, she was crying. She was like, oh, well, y'all, y'all got to have to go with your grandmother for a little while. But, you know, I'll get y'all back. And so we went with my grandmother, but we was able to see her every day. So even though we wasn't living with her in the household, her presence was very strong because she was there every day. Yeah, yeah, you got lucky in in a way because you could live with your grandma and you, they had a good relationship, your grandmom and your mom. Yeah. And so your mom could could hang with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, and and that was because she had she had substance abuse problems, right? Right. Later on, we figured out that yeah, that's what it was. Once we got right. older and we understood. Mm-hmm. And and was she able to get you back? Yes, she got us back. I think around when I was like 12. Wow, so after five years, so it took a little while. She had to jump through hoops, right? Right, yeah. Wow. Um. So do you remember what that was like? It was confusing or were you were you just like glad to be at grandmom's house? or We were just glad to be at grandmom's. It, we was always there anyway, so it was never like, you know, um, it was no difference to us. Because we was there all the time anyways. Like, my grandmother and my aunts and my uncle, we was all, we was always, always close. So, we was always at my grandmother's house anyways. Right. And did you know your dad? Yes. Yeah. And is he still in your life now? No, he passed away when I was about to turn six. Oh, I'm sorry. So From a heart attack. Wow, so you only knew him a short time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and how about the other kids? Did they know their dads? They all have good dads oh, how so good everyone that. has yeah. know their dad know the dad side of the family everyone is uh they pretty much involved with both sides mm-hmm. and so how do you feel about that now like when you think back that you were removed from your mom's home and there was this lady coming to the door with a red car and the black shoes and and then she like scooped you all up and you had to go to your grandma's like when you think about it now how do you feel about it i feel happy that my grandmother was able to step in and get us because not everyone has that same story right and that kind of leads me to the next part of this which is it turns out you stepped up too for your own family right yeah my nephew right so what's the situation there his special needs he requires a lot of um, attention i'm not sure of what his how can i say it um his diagnosis will be his diagnosis i don't Mm -hmm. know what it is for right now it's just adhd Mm -hmm. but it's speech impediment because he, he has a problem with speaking and talking and getting his thoughts out sometimes. Um, so right. And how old is he? He just turned 10. Right. And he's been with you for how long now? 
since December 1st. And how did it come up that he ended up with you? I was the only one that had the the capability of getting him out of all my siblings. My other siblings, they both have like small kids and other things going on. I was the only one that had uh, just one child in the household that was able to take him on and he could have somewhere comfortable to sleep and everything. Because he's as he's being special needs, they wanted to make sure that he didn't go into a home that couldn't cater to all his needs. Like, my other sister was going to get him first, but she had two smaller children. Right, but I bet it also has something to do with your personality, too, that you you seem to be a pretty capable person. Like, you take on challenges and you, you take care of things, don't you? Yeah. That's your nature. Yeah, and my other sister that was supposed to be involved, was she does, too, but I think they just didn't like the fact that she had small children. One is two, and then the other one... My niece, she she's, uh, at the time, she was only like 10, 11 months. Right. And your own son is about that same age. He's 10? He's 10. Yeah, so it worked perfectly. And they get along? There's no jealousy? There's no rivalry? No. Uh-uh. My, my, my son is just like me. He's so passionate that even if, because my, my nephew go through times where he have tantrums and just out the blue, like something that upset him and then he'll have a tantrum, my son will then try to calm him down because I guess he feels like, oh, I'm his age. He probably will understand mm. more, you know? So my son, even though he's 10, he's very loving, just like me. So he steps in and helps with them. Like sometimes if he needs, he want to make a snack, my son will go in there and make him a sandwich. We pull together in this household, and that's how I raised both of my boys. So it's probably likely that your nephew has a little bit of PTSD or something because the home was rough, right? It probably was, yeah. It was a lot of things going on inside the home uh, that I I didn't know of until I got him because I'm his uh, paternal aunt. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when they took him, my brother was already out the household. They took him from the mom. So she battled with with a few things and they had already had a case because of domestic violence. And that's why my brother just completely left the home. But I guess the mother is still battling and they not, my brother can't, it's nothing wrong with my brother. It's just that they want him to finish his parenting because they made him do parenting classes as well. And, um, he needs a, a stable place. So he's looking for an apartment right now. Right. You know, I don't think people really know, like people that haven't been through this, they don't know that when kids are removed from the home, the parents have to do all kinds of things. They have to take classes and programs and certificates. And yes. So it can take years sometimes, right? Sometimes. Yeah. If they're not on the right path, like um, they, I think they now they give you like a six month interval. So where they give you six months to complete this. And then if they see you making a lot of progress, but you don't fully complete it, they give you another six months. Right. If they see that you're making effort, right? Yeah, if they make an effort. Yeah, even if you don't succeed, then they give you a little more leeway and say, okay, we'll give you another six months to get this done. Yeah, the only time they don't, if you put no effort, then they be like, okay, no. Then they ask the person to, like, either have guardian, complete guardianship or adopt. Right. So you talked uh, also about your caseworker, Joan, your social worker. Do you, can you tell me about her? This is when you were a kid. What was she like? 
Joan was amazing. We really liked Whoa, her. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that. <laughs> it was one of the social workers that sometimes, you know, some people come in your life and they leave an impact. And she was one of those. She always, when she came, I know because some people, like when they see social workers, they be like, oh, no, you know, they hide. But yeah, they don't want to, they don't, they don't want to be bothered. But she was, she was good. She used to take, she used to come pick us up, take us to, Back then, they had, like, community things for kids and and going through the system. So she used to pick us up, take us to all type of events. We used to meet other kids in the same situation. I remember this one big thing they had at the beach where they had got, gathered all the kids, and they had took us to the beach. I'll never forget that day. It was amazing. But, you know, like I said, first, unfortunately, a lot of people don't get to see that side of it. No, they get disappointed. They get caseworkers that check out. They're overwhelmed. They, they overwhelmed, yeah. 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 And, probably the time I went through it, it probably wasn't as bad. But yeah, they used to pick us up and take us to other events. They used to pick us up and go buy shoes. It was different. It was like, it was a lot involved in it. But I don't, they don't do that now. Right. So when, when, when you were going through that, did you feel any like shame or stigma or did you just say, okay, this is just how it is. This is, this is what's going on. This is how it is. I think if I wasn't, if we wasn't with our grandmother, I think we probably would have felt that because being in a, a placement or a foster home is totally different. But it, we were seeing the same face every day, waking up to our grandmother, and she was so loving. She's the reason why I know how to cook. She taught us how to cook. So that's good. Yeah. What? Well, see, but this is the reason why kinship care is so much better than foster care. Yeah. Because you know you don't you're not left with strangers, and sometimes those strangers aren't very good to you either. No. You know. But in in this case, you had a grandma you loved, and and it was just a continuation of your your family unit. Yeah, it was. We still felt at home. And do you think all your brothers and sisters feel that way? Or? Yeah, I do. Except mm-hmm. for my older sister, she kind of she always went her other way. Um, my two younger siblings, they didn't get to experience it because they they're younger than us. But four of us, we we went through it, and I think they I would say they would feel the same way. I mean, I feel. Mm-hmm. probably except for my older sister because she was just too much you know doing her own thing that right is she, and is she okay now or she's still on a rough road she's okay but she battles with substance abuse mm-hmm. yeah too and you're a single mom you're working full-time that's how i know you because you work where i am and you you have now two boys in the house how how are you taking care of everything how are you doing it uh, support. I have an older son that's 20. And what? Yeah. You, no way. <laughs> he helps no me. No way. Yeah. Wow. He takes him to school for me. And then, uh, yeah, he just helps me with the boys, period. Mm-hmm. Your family's really strong. Yeah, and then my sisters, they help me. And you also said that because your little nephew has special needs, there's good wraparound services. Can you tell me about what what, what is wraparound? What does that mean? Wraparound is basically a full support team that's helps me so it's the parent support the child support then the coordinator then his therapist and then me the child and the social worker and we work it's it's this whole team of people a whole team of people to make sure um the child needs is being met inside the home and outside the home as well as far as like school and basically, if it's challenges or things that me or the child needs to have done or needs to be met, they kind of step in and they help us. 
Like sometimes he might have a tantrum at school. I will call them up. We'll have a tell everyone and then we'll work on how can we help him with the situation or better or to get him to not have as many tantrums as frequently. But it's just a whole it's just a whole 360 support team. Yeah, it, but it also sounds like a lot of work. It might be great support, but it means you're you're answering to a lot of people, right? I am. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine because I've been involved a little bit in wraparound and it's like, it's wraparound. It's like exactly what it means. It's like you got people all over the place. Right? Yeah, yeah. The whole situation, just taking it, being committed to it is a bit overwhelming sometimes, but I just take a breather and tell myself, you know, it's for my nephew and that's all that matters. I just want to make sure that, when he, if he does go back to mom and dad, that now he will have everything he needed. Cause I think they kind of slept on that part. Yeah, that's right. And he, so now he's getting what he needs and it, it's going to make him healthier and happier, ideally, yes, right? Yes. Cause I, I wanted to be able to have him diagnosed correctly so he can get the full needs that he's, that's, cause right now I don't think all his needs are being met because. It has a lot to do with the school system as well. You know, they, as soon as you get a kid with a few special needs, then they automatically throw ADHD on you. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. the first thing they, they say. And I don't think that's his, his situation. Yeah, he do show some type of ADHD. My older son had ADHD, so I know what, what it looks like. And my nephew is not fully all the way. It's not ADHD. And I know that from the bottom of my heart. But LAUSD teams to put that on the child as soon as they feel like something. Is yeah, wrong. and then they put them on like medication right away just to like calm them down. Right, yeah. but by my my nephew is not on any type of medication. And is that because you're not allowing it, or or because that's they, just because they, they think it? that he doesn't need it. He's just on the spectrum, like so. He's just what it is is. So he has an IEP. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. He does have an IEP in place, right? But it's geared to ADHD and speech impediment. So what they do is he's in still in general ed, which I feel like he should not be. The, what they do is he has resources. So resources is once or twice a day, they pull him out of class and they take him to a special room with a specialist. And for right now, he's working with a speech specialist. So they go over words and things with him. And then he goes back into class. Right. And that happens once a day, every once or twice a day, every day. Right. And do you have you seen improvement in him? Like and are they saying he's improving with the with the IEP? No, we read we redoing in the IEP now so they could reassess him for the things that they need to assess him for. And how, how do you feel about what you're doing? Because you really stepped up, and you're a young woman, and even um, you say you got a 20 year old kid. You must have had him when you were two years old. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but you, you seem like you're a very young woman. So, so yeah, like like how do you feel about what you're doing? Because I know it's a, it's a lot of extra work, and I, I I know you said you're doing it for your nephew, and so that maybe he can go back, you know, with mom and dad. But how does it make you feel inside about what you're doing? I feel great. I love helping people, and like I said, I want him to get all his needs met, and I don't think he was getting them met prior to being here with me. So as long as I know that he's finally getting the help that he needs, and it's helping me, helping him. You know, I love helping people. That's just me, and you you know that about me from oh yeah I've seeing seen me every day. You know, just as long as I'm helping someone, it's, it's helping me. Right. When you're helping somebody, it makes you feel good, right? Right. Yeah, it does. 
And to see my nephew thriving in the short time that he's already been with me has just been phenomenal. And what about you? What what would you like to do in in, in your life? Like when all the kids are grown or maybe, you know, when they're a little bit older and you have you have a little bit more time to yourself. What are are your dreams? I want to travel, Mm. get out and see things and do things and. Some me time. You know how they say the kids left the nest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me time. That's right. Yeah, me time. Yeah. I mean, you're like very solid, calm, even under pretty difficult circumstances like the, the incident that happened a couple of weeks ago. I know it shook you up and we don't need to talk about it, but there was an incident that happened. It was quite tragic that you were uh, involved in. And um, you handled that pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, it, it, I did. You know, I'm the type of person that uh, if I have to let loose and unwind and cry, I'm going to do it by myself. So it was eating me up. That's why one day I had to just leave because it sometimes it gets overwhelming. And I could feel other people's emotions and everything. And it was just, it was horrific, especially because the type of Right, you want to tell people what happened? You know, yeah, you want to tell people what happened? It, it, we can. Okay. I, mean, I think it's okay if, if you're... If you're okay saying it, I think it's okay. Yeah. It it was just, you know, horrific to walk in and see someone lifeless like that after jumping or falling or... Because we still don't know what was the situation behind it. Right. So there was an older man on the 13th floor who either jumped or was pushed or fell. And in like the very early morning, right? from the 13th floor and he landed in like uh they say like around 5:20 right. is when it happened right before you came to work right cuz i always walk in like around 5:55 and so you were the you were the person that found him no the lady at night was she felt the impact oh and so wow yeah cuz she probably heard it or yeah, yeah yeah and felt it yeah yeah but you also had to deal with it right Right, because I was the first person that, and I, I think it would have been better if they would have, once I, because they, they had me ID him, so once I ID'd him, I feel like if they would have gathered him up and took him on to, you know, the corners, I feel like, because he was still out there and exposed, everybody was walking out the lobby seeing his body so it was just like and then they was running back in there asking me like you know so I had to keep a straight face and say oh no you know I don't know who that is even though I knew exactly who that was you know it's still to this day do you know people still walk up to the desk and ask me yeah they're like they totally pummel you with questions right yeah and I, I keep telling them oh you heard anything I'm not I'm not the family they're no longer are going to come and tell us anything else right right and then you know his son his son was on the lease so we still see his son so that is another you know he was he was a very sweet man he brought the staff lunch Hmm. he did everything like he was very sweet so you know then we have to see his son walk in and i feel just so heartbroken for his son yeah you know, I don't know what I would be doing even in his shoes. So it was just a lot. And it's still a lot to think about, you know, someone was battling with something so bad that they felt like that was the way to go. Right. How do you feel about that? How, it how breaks you... my heart. Mm. It do. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, that's the worst way to, to, to do things. And you have to be mm-hmm. battling with some heavy demons to do it like that. Right. Are, and are you religious? Do you go to church? Do you believe in God? 
I believe in God. I do, I do not go to church, but I do believe in God. Mm-hmm. Do you pray at night? Do you pray? Yes. You do? I pray throughout the day. Throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and do you feel God answers your prayers often? Yeah, I do. I do. I carry with me. I don't know. That's probably why. I just attract people, and I love people. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I have a lot of my grandmother in me, I think. Yeah, so you're like one of those, I mean, I don't want to gloss over it and make it sound like too like easy, but you're like one of the few people whom I've ever met who isn't deeply traumatized by foster care slash kinship care. I mean, maybe it's part of your personality, maybe it's just that you're from a loving family, and even though your mom had problems keeping you, she got your back, but you just seem like you like rolled with it. I tend to do that with a lot of things in my life. I've been through a lot. In my short time, I feel like if I'm still leaving, living and breathing, I can get through it. I think that's why, because I have been through a lot. Even in my f- first six years of life, I went through a lot, you know. So with me being with my father and then him just suddenly passing away. and Yeah. You know, I still have all my memories of him. So it was just one thing after another. So you tend to just put a shield on and keep it pushing. Yes, that's right. And and how about your high school? What was that like? High school was good. Um, I was able to finish high school because the high school I went to had uh, a daycare because I had my son, yeah, at 16. So At 16. Okay, so not yeah. two years old, at 16. No, at 16. <laughs> <laughs> so the school I went to, went to, they had a daycare. So I was able to go across the street first, drop my son off to the daycare, and then go across the street to class. Oh, great. And yeah. so yeah, I great. graduated. Matter of fact, I had all my credits ahead of time because I wanted to graduate even faster. So what I did was check myself out of the regular school and check myself into the continuation in the back. Um, and I finished even faster to where I just sat at home for months and waited for the graduation because I was already finished. And how did you get the idea to do that? Did someone tell you that that was an option or did you just figure yeah, it out? Yeah, I knew it was an option because... 10th grade year, well, half of 10th grade, I kind of messed up. I was, like, you know, ditching and things like that. And then when I got to uh, the second semester of 10th grade, my grades had dropped so bad that I was just, like, I had to take night classes to catch up. So then somebody was telling me, well, like, you could even get caught up. You go to, you just go to continuation because continuation is on your pace. Mm -hmm. So as fast as you finish them, that's fast as you get done. So that's what I did. Good for you, man. Because it was a point where I had to do night school, regular school, and take care of my son, and only being like seventeen, so I did it. Right. So when they came to you and to ask you to take in your nephew after it worked out that your sister wasn't going to be able to do it, what kind of questions did they ask you? Like, what was that process like? I'm curious. Well, the first thing I asked them, I told them, I said, I'm very busy. I have a lot of things going on, and my one concern is. How would he get to school? Because my 10-year-old, he walks to school. Right. And I said, I have to be at work at 6 in the morning. How would he get to school? And she was like, oh, well, maybe the father and whatever. And then I was like, well, my oldest son, he after work, he comes here. And he's he's here with my son until he gets off and goes to school. I said, maybe I could talk to him and see if he'll walk him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. And of course, they had to do a background check on him. 
to make sure he was even okay to walk him two blocks. Right. Which is insane, but they do do that every step of the way. You, someone, If someone needs to pick him up, they want him fingerprinted. So yep. mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. my son had to go through the process of being fingerprinted, and it, everything went through. So that's how it happens. In the morning, my son walks him to school, and then um, in the afternoon, because I get off at 2, I'm able to pick him up. And, and that's how it, it happens. Right. And ha- so from there. Yeah. I was going to say, how does, how does your eldest son feel about what he's doing? You think? Does he feel at like At first forced- it was a bit overwhelming from him because he felt like if I'm just taking him two blocks, why do I need to go through all these loops and hoops just to take someone two blocks? So mm-hmm. then I had to explain to him, well, they just needed to make sure that you, you're not no psychopath or anything. I said, we know you're not, but just let, let's show them that you're not. And so once I told him, all those things, then he 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 did it. But he was just like, Mom, I'm only taking him two blocks. Like, why? Right. Because the school is literally two blocks from my house. Right, but he's but he's still doing it. He's doing it every day. That's like yeah. pretty pretty admirable. I mean, yeah. especially for a 20-year-old. I mean, you know. He, well, you know, he, he is, but he's so laid back. He's not into the streets. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know. He's not out all night. Yeah. Gang affiliated yeah. or mm-hmm. anything. He's a, he's a homebody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So he he stays to himself. So I don't, you know, mo, you know, I know most twenty year olds like to go out and hang and yeah. club. And my son yep. is the totally opposite of that. That's kind of convenient. <laughs> yeah, it keeps me not worrying at night. <laughs> I, I bet, really. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you said you're interested in traveling. So what else? Like, 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 what do you do creatively? You're a good cook, right? You, you, you right. said your grandma and then I'm you into uh, tech. That's what I go to school for now. Oh, I didn't realize you're in school. Oh, good for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm in school full time for computer information systems. I have one more semester, and then I'm transferring over to Cal State LA for my BA. Get out, girl. Good on you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love technology. Information systems, which is like pretty complicated stuff. Yeah, so I can go into programming, IT, cybersecurity. Uh, you know, it's it's information system is like, the whole spectrum of computers. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. I, and you actually explained it really well because it's it's not just computers. It's not just tech. It's like the whole net, right? The whole the thing. The whole net. Yeah. Yes. About how things are conveyed. Hardware, software, computer programming, gaming programming, mm-hmm. software development. It's a, it's a whole, it's everything. Wow. That's just, this is really ambitious of you. You're a smart little cookie, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's really great. Okay, I'm going to ask you this question that I ask all my guests, so I want you to just think about it for a minute. Try to dig deep. What's just one thing that no one would ever know about you unless you told them? And I'm going to give you an example. I'm a really bad stutterer. I grew up as a really bad stutterer. I would, I stuttered so badly I would, like, pass out instead of having to speak. But here it is. I am an adult. I'm an, I've been an actor. I'm doing a podcast. I'm talk all the time. You don't know that I stutter, right? And But I'm st- always just on the cusp of a stutter. I just deal with it all day long. What is one thing like that about you that no one would ever know? Uh, I used to stutter too as well. You did? As a kid, bad. My, 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 my sister and my brother used to tease me a lot. Yeah. I, I, I don't... It happened after my my dad died. I started studying. Yeah. So I think it was just mine was linked to trauma. But, yes, um, yes, that can happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that I'm I'm really sensitive. Mm. Like I I'm a very emotional person. Uh, 
a lot of things uh, gets to me, but I just I'm I'm good at hiding it. Ah, uh, yeah, I bet I can I can see that that could be true about you because, but I just. I just go to myself and let it out or whatever, like privately. Even I could be, I could watch something. Say I could watch a story about two dogs and one of them got hit. I'm a cry, <laughs> but I'm not gonna let you know I'm a cry. But I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm for sure gonna cry. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people look at me and think that I'm just this ultimate strong warrior of a woman, and deep down inside, I'm a little squishy little. Mm-hmm. Teddy bear. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people think that. Yeah. Everyone say, oh, girl, you so strong. Nah. To y'all, I am, but I'm very sensitive. <laughs> yeah. What would you say to, to somebody that's thinking about either adopting a kid or fostering a kid or, you know, t- or taking a relative into their home? What would you say to them? I would say, just do it because everyone needs someone. Because even, I don't know if I said this, but prior to me getting my nephew, he was already in a foster home. And the mother, she didn't necessarily want him to come to us because she's battling her own mental health issues. So we never did get to see my nephew. Um, It had been two years since I seen him. And if this situation didn't come into play, ain't no telling when we used to get to see, we was going to see him. So um, I'm saying that to say, because he was at another home. And the lady told them, oh, I don't want him. Come get him. Really? Wow. She didn't want to do the work. Because he had the tantrums. Yeah. He was, he was a lot. Mm-hmm. So we was kind of like the second, you know, one in line to be like, okay. And then when the, social, when the other foster mom didn't want him, the mom said, okay, well, he can go to one of his. Because she, she doesn't have any family. I see. She comes to foster care herself. She does. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... My brother has a, we are a big family, but she didn't want us to be involved until we had to be. So when the foster mom said, oh, no, I don't want him anymore. Come get him. They made she like, come get him now. Mm. So the day that they called me and asked me, could I do it? The same night they dropped him off. Oh, really? Wow. It was that fast. I didn't even have time to process it. Hmm. So kinship care, it really, it's a really good thing because, you know, family can deal with a little bit more than what a stranger can so the fact that she probably was like okay well you know he ain't no kin to me or you know uh, come get him being versus us we're trying to come get him and they had to literally tell his mom okay well he don't go with one of the aunts then we have to put him in placement then she was like okay okay so, and then that's how I got right. Him. So she so yeah. I, so not until she realized he might go from foster home to foster home to foster home did she say oh he, then she can go with that then he can go with the family. Wow. Yeah, it's a really important thing that you're that you're doing, Kanisha. You know that, right? Yeah. And I feel like it takes a special person to do this because it is a lot of overwhelming things from the parenting, from the, the, the classes that you have to take. And I have to do CPR classes. And I'm still not done. I have to do more classes um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's special needs. So I have to do 16 hours of, I already did like 12 hours of classes and then I have to do additionals. Everyone should consider it or try it or just so you can save a child's life you know it, it, it got used bad people out there but there's a lot of good people out there as well and I feel like even kinship is the most important because you keep the family in the family and that's what most kids need I think he's not having a hard time here because he's surrounded by family he fits in we incorporate him in everything that we do 
So to him, he don't, I don't think he feels no different. Every time someone asks him, do he like being here? He said, I love it. I love it. He says that, huh? Mm. Yeah. Because he's able to socialize and do things that his mother didn't let him do or she didn't, you know, he has a, I opened his world to a lot of things. Yeah, he has now, he has a big extended family he didn't have before. Yeah, he did. Because at first it was just him and her. Right. And I think she's used to that because, like I said, she comes from foster care. She has a long history of mental health issues in her uh, her family. I really want to thank you for the work you're doing, Kanisha. It's really important. Uh, I, you know, um, I want to call it God's work, but I think it's even more than that. It's like it's like it's like you know, human beings' work or whatever humanity's work. It's really special. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm glad to be a part of it. It, like I said, it was overwhelming at first, but once I got the swing of things and the support that I have behind me is good. Everyone has been, you know, working with me and being great. And I know a lot of people don't get that, even with dealing with the social worker and everything. If I call her, if I need anything and I call her, she's on it. Like um, I told them he needed a dresser. The next day they brunk it. So, you know, I'm just been so blessed to have a good experience. Yeah, but it. it's something about you too, Kanisha. I, you're, you're making it happen. I mean, you could be alienating all those people and saying to wrap around, I'm not doing that. I don't believe in that. That's a uh, pain man, in the ass. No, trust me. Yeah. The phone calls is <laughs> very overwhelming. <laughs> right, I, mean, I have to remember who's calling on this day and then I have to Remember who's this day? There's appointments, and, and you got to take them there. Appointments, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it, 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 it's it's a lot. Um, trust me, but even if I do miss a call or something, they they're understanding. They like, oh, okay, well, I understand because they all know that I'm in school full time as well. Well, good on you, girl, man. I mean, really, you're just you're fantastic, Kanisha. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm only only as long as my nephew is happy and thriving. That's all that matters. Yeah. And listen, thanks for talking to me, okay? Thank you. You've made me feel so comfortable here. Usually I'm a very... Oh, that's why another thing. I'm very shy. You are? Huh. Yeah, no one there. That's what I should have said. I'm very, I'm a, I'm very shy. You, you totally very, hide very, that. You're like, you look, you always like smiling and warm and welcoming. But actually, yeah, but deep shy. down, I'm shy. I do not like doing public speaking. Uh, I'm just outside of work because I have to put on a good, you know, yeah. happy face. I'm generally happy all the time, but. I wouldn't speak to as many people as I do. And you agreed to do this podcast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like everybody's story should be heard and not just the bad ones, the good ones as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree with so you. So that's why I, I agreed to do this. I wouldn't even, because I'm a very private person, I wouldn't even never done this. But uh, you, like I said, you made me feel comfortable and welcome. So I, it was, I'm, I'm surprised I'm talking this much. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) All right, sweetie. Thanks so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kanisha, for sharing your story with us. And thank you for keeping your family tight. You've kept your community together. And all families have their troubles. So it's great to be able to work that out. And because of who you are, you've created a community of support that gets you through. So next week, we're not really quite sure. Jane is recording a couple of people and, uh, well... It's going to be a surprise. Thank you for listening and be well. If you see something, say something. If you suspect a child's health or safety is jeopardized in any way by parents or anyone else, contact the Child Protective Services Agency in your county. 
24-hour hotlines are staffed by trained social workers who will help you through the process, and you can do so anonymously. In California, you can call the Child Protection Hotline at 800-540-4000. So if you see something, say something. You might be saving a child's life. If you want to know more about becoming a CASA anywhere in the country, go to nationalcasagal.org. And in L.A., casala.org. And if you want to know more about becoming a foster parent, check out the National Foster Parent Association at nfponline.org. There's also faithfosterfamilies.org and adoptuskids.org. There's tons of other information online as well, so you can just hunt around. We also want to thank the supremely talented Christina Apostolopoulos for her beautiful original music. You can find her music on Spotify or Instagram at Christina Aposta. And also thank you to Yukon Har for his engineering. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear and you find it as valuable as we do, please rate us and hit subscribe. You can also make a donation at bonusbabies.org. See you next time.